0: You're listening to the Toolstation Western League Podcast with Ian
1: Knockholds and Tom Hiscott. Welcome listeners to episode 16 of the Toolstation Western League Podcast with me, Ian Knockholds, and I am delighted to be joined on the line once again by the editor of the Western League Bulletin. It is Tom Hiscott. Hello, Tom. How are you?
2: Yeah, not too bad, all things considered. Obviously, I haven't spoken to you for... A little while, not much football been going on, but yeah, good to be back and good to have some actual matches to to to, to look back on.
1: Oh, I've missed you. <laughs> I think the listeners have as well, although we have you have been um, ably deputised for by by James Healy. Oh, absolutely, yeah, which on his
2: Fires and everything.
1: Yes, I know. That, yes, in all the years you and I have been doing this, I don't, I'm not aware that you've ever burned down your house halfway through one of the recordings. So that, that not was, that I can that, remember, no. Uh, well, if 2020 is a year for anything, of course it is. You know, it's a it's a it's a year for new <laughs> things. I mean, on a on a serious note, I mean, how, how how have you been, Tom? How have you have you been keeping yourself busy over the last couple of months?
2: trying my best, yes. Obviously, sort of the weekends are uh, you, know, you, you look forward to your sport, don't you? Obviously, you go through your go through your working week, and then you've got obviously uh, yeah. Yeah, i putting putting together the bulletin and and podcast notes and what have you. And speaking to yourself, I don't see it as a as a chore and it's something I look forward to doing so having that sort of taken away at this time of year sort of leaves a leaves a bit of a hole but yeah doing what I can and yeah good, as I say good to be back uh, hopefully hopefully for a little longer than maybe it looks like um, yeah usually me and yourself meet up at this time of year obviously down do. in, in, probably in Woodcombe but um, yeah not to be this year but hopefully we can yeah bring some festive festive cheer from uh, over over Skype fingers crossed
1: <laughs> yeah absolutely no we not, when we are allowed to sort of when they when they do let people go in t- to go into pubs for more than a scotch egg um, <laughs> i then, do like um, a scotch egg <laughs> i'll right, well, we'll have to remember that um, then uh, you know it'd be, it'd be great it'd be great to have a belated christmas um, christmas party but we are uh, anyway it is fantastic to have you back on the podcast and as you said quite rightly we've got lots of fantastic football um to uh, to talk about um we've also got uh, an interview with george mccaffrey he is the western league's covid officer and he's also our fixture secretary making him possibly the busiest man in the world at the moment apart from boris johnson perhaps um, but um we've got that interview coming up at the end of this week's podcast and we've also got an interview with lee rendell the assistant manager at um, at clevedon town and uh, and that's really where we're going to begin this week's um, edition of the podcast. Um, the FA VAR's third round tie
2: between Clevedon Town and New Milton Town. Yeah, the one match uh, in this competition to to beat the weather. And it was, yeah, it was a successful one. Uh, Clevedon uh, booking their spot in the fourth round. A 2-0 victory at home to uh, New Milton, as you say. Uh, they did well in the first half. Uh, Jay Murray uh, tucking home a penalty after half an hour, following a foul on uh, Morgan Williams in the box, so that, that put Clefton in front, and uh, yeah, they managed to managed to wrap it up uh, pretty late on. Wheel Gold um, scoring their second, and uh, yeah, obviously they well the main main part being they kept a clean sheet, and uh, yeah, obviously moved on to the next round. So a really good afternoon for for new uh, for, for Cleven, Sorry.
1: Absolutely right. So I thought it was a good opportunity to to get back in touch with Lee Rendell. We are going to start off by talking about the the football, but um, at the end of this interview, there is a a very important um, conversation that I had with Lee about some charity work that he's doing, which I think is particularly pertinent at this time of the year. But we did start off by talking about that win against New Milton Town. And I mean, given the circumstances that we're in, I started off by asking Lee um, just how much preparation he was able to do before this game.
3: We had someone give us a report on their tie with Long Levens So we had a slight inclination inc- in how they would set up they, you know, Danger dangerous etc um, We were pretty confident we had enough in the camp though, to, get, to get the job done, mate, to be fair um, The squad depth now is very good With us having around 20 players um, And all available apart from one So we would have had absolutely no problem starting at any of them So the competition for places is great And the training sessions, numbers-wise, is very good
1: I mean, you've not played any league football since October, but you've had three games in the VARs, including a win over last season's semi-finalists, Bitten. I mean, that must have been a really pleasing result for you.
3: Yeah, very pleasing. Um, Dan and Rob, I know very well. Um, They've got a very, very good squad at Bitten, so we knew that we we would need to be out of our very, very best to get a result on a day. But on the day, I was actually very confident. Um, The mood in camp was really good. Um, all All the lads were relaxed we told them to go out and enjoy the game Um, and the actual game was played in a really, really good competitive spirit. Um, Obviously a lot of goals on the day Um, and yeah, so it was a a really good result for for, for us.
1: I mean, you're currently in Tier 2 at the moment but when you played Bitten you were in Tier 3 so how did you feel at that time? Did you have any concerns about playing the game? No, but the
3: the only concern we have really is is the fact that supporters want to like to we're, we're going to miss a potential cracker on the day. And that they did. Um, the game was very, very open. And I personally feel gutted it was playing, played behind closed doors. As I think our supporters yeah, would, have, would have really enjoyed the day. Being um, our, our, our team behind the scenes down at um, Cleveland, I've got um, you know, guidelines in place. Uh, we've got no issues there whatsoever.
1: The draw now for the next round of the Vase, the fourth round proper, has been made and um, you've got the task of, well you're away from home, uh, you've got to travel to either Plymouth Parkway or Fareham Town, I think either side is going to be, is going to be a challenge for you.
3: Uh, certainly is. It's probably the worst draw possible we could have had. Uh, but um, as, as we discussed, um, you know, if, if you want to go anywhere or do anything or win anything, you've got to play the best. You've got to be the best. So it's, it's a case of you know, at some to- at some point, you've got to play them. And I know either they're, they're both extremely good sides at this level. So whoever it is we end up facing, it's going to be a tough tie.
1: It strikes me that you—you know—we we say that they're not going to be an easy time, side for you to play. The fact that you have been on in good form, even in the lockdown situation, uh, you know, in the Vars matches you've been playing, means that actually you're not a particularly pleasant prospect for anybody else at the moment, are you?
3: No, I, I tend to agree. Um, you know, we, we've got we've got a, a lot of confidence in the players that we've got there now. You know, like I said, we've um, we we've we've reinforced a little. We've got got a couple of new lads in over over the course of the last uh, you know few weeks. Um, and there's a few lads come back from injury, so we've we've got a really really good strong squad, and they've all bought in every single one of them. And you know, out of all those twenty players, we we won't have any problem starting any one of them. So um, there, there's a good, there's a good um, competition for places and I wouldn't imagine anyone would want to play us over at the moment.
1: We didn't speak that long ago, did we, in fairness? But when we last spoke, we obviously we were talking about the impact of the Covid restrictions. This situation has been changing almost on a daily basis. So what, what impact does that have on you and the coaching team at Clevedon? I mean, in terms of preparing the team, I mean, it must make it ver- it makes it impossible to, to, you know, to, to watch other, other teams' matches. But I suppose it places a strain on you training players.
3: Do you know what? We, we we haven't really got any any concerns cover wise that day now, and that that's um that, that's a lot of credit goes down to like, again like the, the behind the scenes guys that do do a tremendous amount of work behind the scenes. Um, then at the, the, yeah. the stadium, I, I think uh, any any support visitors uh, visitors and supporters, sorry, who've come down, I've noticed that you know, we've got a really really good one way system. Even the um you know the uh, officials and players um, opposing players that come down, everyone is you know checked um on the way in. All of the, the our officials, our COVID team, if you like, they have made it. have made it. It's, it's extremely comfortable for us as, as um, you know, the plane, and staff um, that we
1: don't really notice it, which is which is a really good positive. So, um, yeah, massive, massive appreciation for them for that. We clearly can't fault what's going on at Clevedon on the pitch at the moment. You're in great form, you know, in the league and in the Vars. Um, but um, football, particularly at this time, we think about the whole of the football family. We think. I mean, you've already mentioned your fans. You've mentioned your volunteers. As well, I mean, how are the people around the club holding up at this time?
3: Yeah, yeah, I mean, there are, there are concerns, obviously. Um, but the, the, the way we, we've ha- handled things, I think of, uh, you know, you can only you can do it so much. So um, at the moment, it, it was really good to see supporters back into the ground last Saturday. And again, our, our our COVID team, like we call them, um, handled the day really, really well. Um, you know, the, the, the right amount of Spectators were in. There was social distancing. Everything was done properly. Substantial meals were given with the club, club ice season, so everything was done properly.
1: Now you've got Chipping Sudbury on Boxing Day. That's at home. Um, I take it you're looking forward to that um, to that match.
3: We are. Yes, I mean just to get back into um to, to league 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 action, mate. To be fair, um a- a- any team you play, you have to earn every single point in this league. So we respect every single team you play. So ho- hopefully on a day we we've got um you know the, the, everyone everyone available, and on on the day we, we we got enough to get the three points.
1: Now, as we go through the Christmas period into January, I mean, the media is alive with speculation about a third lockdown or, you know, the prospect of everybody being placed in, in Tier Four. I mean, you've played twelve matches so far in in the league. Do you think this league? Did you think this league season could cope with another stoppage? My
3: my personal opinion on it all is, I don't think they could and avoid another season. Personally, I think that if it takes two years to get this season finished, then so be it. I don't think it's fair that it keeps having to finish and then finish and then finish. We, we, we have to get this season finished. So if there's a pause, then so be it. We'll, we'll, we'll respect whatever decision is made. I just think that this season, this particular season needs to be finished. So however long it takes to do it, then so be it. We, we will we'll respect it. And I'm, I'm pretty sure most of our managers in, or most of our teams in the league will, will also.
1: I mean, if you if you weigh up the options then um, of of finishing at some point in the future or perhaps concluding in June um, using a points-per-game calculation. How would you feel about that? What,
3: uh, again, whatever, whatever it is decided, we'll, we'll have to respect. Um, I'd say I'd ra- I'd, I'd personally, I'd rather get this season finished properly and all the fixtures fulfilled. But if they do it on, on a, a points-per-game system, we'll have to respect that.
1: Now, one final um, um, point I'd like to raise with you, Lee. I, I was... I saw an article that um, um, was about your charity work. Um, It was a few weeks ago now, and um, it's with a charity called Kids Out. um, And and at the time, you know, I I read the article and I thought, you know, it, it really, to me, summed up um, the spirit of Christmas. So, one of the reasons for getting you on the um, the podcast, you know, in our festive edition, if you like, is to give you the platform to talk about this incredible charity and um, and why you know of all, of all of the times of the year, this is this is this is a cause that we should really be championing at this at this at this Christmas time, no matter how difficult it is for us or all the people who are listening to this this podcast at the moment. You know, kids out do some great work. Can you tell us about it?
3: Uh, Yeah, I noticed it last year through uh, through where I work. Um, We had a Christmas tree in reception, and it had a lot of um, gift tags on it. So when I looked, it was um, obviously for the kids' charity, Um, and there was a lot of um, children's names with their ages, and just asking for a particular gift. Now, I just looked, and the first first one I can remember was a, a young girl called Ayla, um, it was 18 months old asking for a bath toy and that's what just pulled me in. It was just, you know, you had that sort of feel, feeling of guilt. I've got two children myself, two boys, and, um, you know, you, you feel sort of guilty that however much they get and these, these children are getting nothing. You know, they're all in refuge and, and this charity basically goes around, not just to our company, all the companies around around, um, around the nation, really, but, um, in, you know, it's sort of um, dividing to, to, to areas. So our, our local area... They, we, we collected in all the, the the gifts, if you like, put them into the reception area, and then the they, they charity come and collect. Well, I did, I, I did that last year. I probably raised around about fifteen hundred pounds worth of toys um, into reception, and I, I wanted to beat that this year. And especially being a bad year as we've had with COVID and you know or stuff like that, the generosity of my family and friends have been unbelievable. We managed to raise around four thousand pounds in toys, and around about seven hundred pounds in in August vouchers. And um that's what I handed into my work in um last week and it was uh, it's just something you, you feel you've done something to help somebody. So if we wouldn't have done anything there's there's a lot more um little like little faces with less smiles on. So um this this year it just gives you that little self, little bit of self satisfaction that you've done something.
1: I mean it's a it's a fantastic cause, Lee. Um I think you know it's well worth supporting. People can find the charity um on, on the internet, kidsout.org.uk K I D S o u t dot org dot mean, I've just found them on on Twitter as well, and we'll be we'll be promoting those links um, with with this week's edition of the podcast. It, you know, it's a fantastic charity, but it's it's a it's a Christmas story, isn't it? Isn't it, Lee? That, you know, you're bringing, bringing smiles back to people's faces at Christmas, and you know, if 2020 is about anything, it's about that.
3: That's correct, Lee. Um, there, there's a lot of friends that I've had who, who contacted myself. Um, you know, that own companies that they're not having a company. Uh, you know Christmas due this year, and what they did, they donated the money that they were going to spend on that to this to cause. And you know, I got massive, you know, massive nothing but massive thanks for everyone that did that, that, that helped me do it. And then hopefully next year it, um, it we'll will make it even bigger again. But it's, um, it's just one of those where you know no, no child should not even a Christmas present on Christmas Day. So that, that was what, sort of we did whatever we could to, uh, to help that.
1: And my thanks to Lee for his time. Now, looking at the Premier Division, and we start in Wiltshire. Uh,
2: Bradford Town uh, took on Roman Glass St George. Yeah, and a, an away victory in this one. Uh, for Roman Glass uh, winning by two goals to nil, and it was two goals for their their main man Ben Bamment, uh, goal in either half, uh, putting 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 Bradford to the sword in this one. So, a, a really good win for Roman Glass. Um, <laughs> Uh, the second goal coming five minutes from time, so it wasn't it wasn't wrapped up until uh, pretty late on the three points. But yeah, um, pretty impressive comeback for from from Roman Glass. And uh, yeah, well, tough afternoon for for Bradford, who yeah, they're probably a bit bit lower in the table than they'd expect to be at this time in the season.
1: Yeah, stop starty, isn't it really? Yeah, and those two sides, I think, have, have you know they've that's really been the, na- the, the the story of both of their seasons, isn't it mm-hmm. really? Sort of good form and bad. Um, well, one team that enjoys an awful lot of good form is Exmouth Town. They were at home to um, to Odd Down, and um, it was pretty convincing stuff, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, an eighth-league eight victory for them, picking up where they left off uh, a couple of months ago. Another home victory for them. Uh, pretty, pretty simple, as you say, over, over Odd Down, three goals to nil. Uh, going ahead in just the, the eighth minute, a header from Dan Cullen, uh, and then Mark Leaver doubling their advantage uh, towards the back end of the first half. So, yeah, two goal. Two-goal lead at the interval, and uh, yeah, they pushed on uh, against ten men uh, after the break. Not down, having a man sent off, uh, pretty much um, distinguishing any hopes they had of a of a comeback. And uh, yeah, late penalty from Jordan Harris wrapped things up, as I say. So a 3 0 win for for Exmouth. The uh,
1: the weather was one of the reasons <laughs> why our fixture um, schedule got um, mm-hmm. um, got absolutely it's hammered cool. at the weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we've managed to sort of limp through. Mm -hmm. Um, with the coronavirus and then the weather as so many people have talked about this season inevitably plays its part as well but um, two sides that um, uh, always managed to seem to beat the weather um, because of the the excellent facilities that they enjoy, Canesham Town and Hallon and uh, as luck would have it these two actually met uh, in the Premier Division on uh, on Saturday and uh, well it was the home side that went away happiest Tom.
2: It was in the end yes and well a lot of late drama there down uh, down in Canesham. and uh, yeah, big crowd. So, yeah, I think quite a lot of people probably looked at the fixtures and thought, yeah, that's uh, a good chance that that one is one of those that, as you say, does does manage to beat the weather in it, and it obviously did. So, uh, yeah, um, uh, hopefully they stay till the end because uh, a lot of the uh, the um, action came in the final few minutes. Uh, a red card earlier in the match, let's uh, say for for Sasha Tong. Obviously, uh, put Hallen on the back foot. He's one of their uh, main men, uh, and uh, yeah, Canesham eventually managed to 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 see at home an 83rd minute penalty put them put them ahead uh jordan metters uh converting from the spot after uh, a foul from luke paul cousins the the hallon skipper he was also sent off so they were reduced to nine uh canesham uh taking the lead and then yeah another goal uh, in stoppage time from callum baker uh late header uh putting result beyond doubt so a, a two-nil win uh for canesham over hallon
1: If you're thinking, Toolstation, I know they'll save me money, but do they have all the top brands? You know, DeWalt, Makita, Einhell, Stanley, Myra, Kudox, Nest and Santex. Yeah, they do.
0: Over 15,000 trade quality products in the range from the leading brands with prices that are hard to beat. If you want a helping hand to save on your next job, try
1: Toolstation. With over 300 branches, there's always a Toolstation near you now moving into the first division and we start in wiltshire and as a wiltshire resident myself I was, mm-hmm. something of a miracle that any football got played in the uh, in the county um calm town entertained uh, local rivals warminster town and it was a close one tom
2: it was um yeah no, no five goals and uh, yeah three of them going for calm and, and just the two for warminster so they did e- um yeah eke out a, a victory uh, Lewis Graham to uh, put the visitors ahead in the 11th minute. So Khan having to come from behind in this one, uh, but that was a couple of goals uh, either side of the the interval from Jamie Walters. Uh, firstly, uh, levelling things up a couple of minutes after they have fallen behind. So a pretty fast start to this game. Uh, he then made it 2-1 in the opening stages of the second half. Uh, Khan, Khan uh, turning the game on its head. Uh, but Walsmere managed to fight back, and 20 minutes from time, they managed to to get back on level terms. Uh, but it was Charlie Norman, uh, a really, really uh, exquisite long range strike from him. Uh, 12 minutes from time, I think that that came. And uh, yeah, managed to to give Carnall three points. Uh,
1: now we move on to the game that I was at. It's uh, Corsham Town against Devizes Town. And um, well, if football was played on paper, then mm. there was only ever going to be one winner here. Um, yeah. Corsham, really, the sort of the one of the powerhouses in the first division and poor old devices my team you know finding themselves at the bottom of the table um but football isn't played on paper it's played on grass and that's why uh this is the game we love and uh, this was quite possibly one of the most incredible games i've ever enjoyed watching in the tool station western league
2: yeah i was going to say you can probably tell people more about this one than than myself but I i would coin it as a as a seven-goal thriller, you can you can tell me if I'm wrong in that, but uh, yeah, a four-three victory eventually. Uh, four caution uh, over Devizes, obviously. Um, yeah, I think is still without a victory this season, but uh, yeah, they they certainly earned um, deserved something from this game. Uh, Logan Cassidy scoring in either half for, for the away side, and there was also an uh, an amazing free kick, which uh, I believe uh, you have you have footage of. Uh, from Matt Swan, that um, uh, yeah, it wasn't to be for Devizes. Uh, Caution managing to just about uh, edge to edge to victory, and it was a hat trick from uh, Gary Higdon, which was the main part of their uh, their their, uh, their their victory. And uh, yeah, obviously, um, where they sit in the table and where Devizes sit in the table is probably uh, one of these things, isn't it? You 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 get these tight matches and teams that come out on the right side generally finishing uh, finishing finish the, the top positions and, and divisors unfortunately coming out on the wrong side so uh, yeah a 4-3 victory for, for caution but yeah don't know if there's anything you want to add? Well I mean add more
1: drama than Downton Abbey Tom <laughs> I mean it was it was it was an incredible game I mean that, the, the Isis had taken the lead before I got there that's how quickly <laughs> they got off the mark um, I was still trying to work out where I'd left my children's coats um, as I'd pulled up in the car park It's always but, a good um, start Yeah I know particularly <laughs> in this weather um, but in fact, actually, I thought I was having my leg pulled when the Devizes fans told me that we were one 0 up. I thought I was I was the victim of some and it was only when um Caution Divi- um, equalised that I realised everyone was sort of moaning about you know it being one all. You know it was it was just an in, it was an incredible it was an incredible day. You know we we went two one up. Caution um, managed to, to to pull it back and then um, uh, you know got got a, got themselves ahead and sort of going into the last minutes of the match. Um, when um, uh, Matt Swan scored the, the goal that I've I've um, I've put on social media, um, and I mean you know the footage of, that Jacob Price has created for you know for, for caution, please. If, even if you're not you know I, I appreciate people listening to the podcast every week will get sick to death of me talking about bloody Wiltshire clubs, but actually just watch this because it is brilliant. I mean it mm-hmm. really is. Mm-hmm. We you know we thought we'd got a point. You know it was it was I think it was in the 88th minute. He scored the equalizer at three all, and we thought we you know we'd gone to caution uh and got a point and It was just you know euphoria turned to despair because you know higden as he as he has done throughout his career, he's a fantastic footballer you know within the western league you know he managed to pop up with a winner and uh you know it was it was it was it was a crazy day, but you know I think the the best thing I can say about it is that yeah everybody from Devise's was just so proud of the performance you know um I've, you've had to suffer me this season moaning about Dr. Devise's giving away three points every week. And, you know, this was this was the opposite of that. This was an absolutely, you know, you, you, the commitment shown was 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 brilliant. And it was, you know, it was a really proud day for the club, proud day for the fans, you know, and it was a great afternoon's entertainment um, for us. So, um, you know, even if we don't get to watch much football, you know, over the next few um, few months hopefully we will but you know I mean just just to sort of you know that that's going to be a memory that certainly lives long um with us uh, uh you know and a great game and as I say look up Caution TV on um uh, on on YouTube brilliant channel Jacob Price does a fantastic job but the highlights package there well worth 15 minutes of your time right then anyway I'm going to calm down now to Tom and, and you tell us about the seven goals that were scored um uh at Lebec and when uh, they entertained Bishop Sutton
2: well, Lebeck, um, yeah, they they scored one of those seven goals, um, and Bishop Sutton scored the other six. So obviously a fantastic afternoon for the for the away side. Um, obviously, yeah, what well, everyone's you mentioned sort of stop-start seasons earlier, and uh, yeah, obviously everyone's everyone's suffering at the moment. But uh, for Bishop Sutton to come back and uh, yeah, far and awesome, like that really impressive, isn't it? A couple of goals from Mason Dagger uh, and Sol Shearer um, helping them. Uh, well. Storm to victory, wasn't it? A four-goal first half for the away side really laid the foundations for this one. Also goals from Joe Durrant and Luke Trowbridge. uh, But, yeah, uh, brilliant return to to, to action from Bishop Sutton, a six-month win away at Lebec.
1: Mason Dagger strikes me that he's very sharp in front of goal. Do
2: you reckon? Yeah, you missed that, haven't you? (laughs) You've missed
1: those little comments.
2: Maybe. Um, <laughs> right then,
1: we'll we'll wrap things up in the first division with a, a, a top of the table clash. I mean, under any circumstances, this would be an absolute, um, you know, mouth watering uh, match between two really. Strong first division sides, both fighting not just for promotion, but you know, arguably but they'll they'll want to have a say in the in the title race as well. Um, Wells City entertained um, Ashton and Backwell United, and I mean, if anything's going to put a, a smile back on Stu Jones' face, it's going to be it's going to be this result, Tom.
2: Yeah, really good uh, away victory for Ashton. They were one of the other uh, top sides to 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 add another three points. So obviously, we've already gone through through Caution and calm. Um, and, yeah, it seemed like the uh, the top side sort of picked up where they left off. Um, and that was, yeah, also true for Frashen and Backwell. A 3-0 victory uh, for them away at Wales, who were reduced to 10 men uh, during the contest. So, um, yeah, a tough, tough afternoon for the home side. But, uh, yeah, another another three points for Ashton and Backwell. And, uh, yeah, they sit sit pretty in fourth at the moment.
1: Well, at this very difficult time, uh, it's important for everybody across the football family to understand exactly uh, where we're at with uh, not just um, uh, the uh, the coronavirus restrictions, but also how that's impacting on our on our club's ability to play league matches. So, with that in mind, I thought it would be a great idea to hear from um, George McCaffrey. He's not only the Toolstation Western League's COVID officer. Uh, And of course, he's come on a couple of times already in that regard. But he's also our fixture secretary, um, which means that, you know, that dual role makes him particularly relevant at uh, at this time. We uh, we threw the the lines open um, to the listeners um, to be able to pose their questions um, to George, which we'll be covering shortly. But I started off um, my discussion with George by asking my own question, um, which was really about the responsibility that clubs have for enforcing the restrictions that have been placed on them. I mean, we've all been to games and we've seen clear signage and we understand the importance of social distancing uh, and, and the other restrictions, but what are the league's expectation on clubs and the way that they are enforcing these restrictions on spectators? Firstly, what we have to say is that
0: the safety of our volunteers is the most important, as it should be for all of our clubs as well. So, regarding this, um, we would never expect any of our volunteers to get into a confrontational situation. So, that answers the question about enforcement. We are not the enforcers, the league are not, and neither are the clubs. However, the clubs have done their own risk assessment, and I have to say some are doing better than others. Um, We have reminders in the programme, we have signage, we have broadcasts on their PAs, and some uh, clubs even have what they call COVID marshals now, who walk around and remind people of the social distancing requirement. They're not there to force them to stand apart, but they're just there to remind them. And surely... As a spectator, you put it on the other foot, you want to go home to your family, and therefore, should you social distance? Of course you should. But if you're not going to, then you should be wearing a mask. You do everywhere else, and that's something that we're asking the clubs to look at, whether or not people should wear masks whilst watching a game of football.
1: Um, Our next question then is from Marcus, a Welton Rovers fan, and he asks, can clubs sell takeaways from a tea hut?
0: Very much a local authority um, situation. Um, We are aware some clubs are able to do it, and some clubs aren't. Um, And it just depends on how their local authority assess the current guidelines and guidance. Um, As a league, we we've always said because of the disparity amongst all the different counties and the, the abilities of each club is different from the one, you know, in a different part of the league, we cannot give um, specific instructions, but we can only support them in what they're looking to achieve. And I am aware there are great differences across the different counties um, as I do go to the clubs. Um, Speaking to them, I'm aware of the the tortuous nature, but one of the things I do say to them is that talk to your local authority and see what advice and guidance they can give you, because it might surprise you. And um, because certainly um, some of the local authorities have been very supportive of our football clubs, giving them instructions that they weren't even aware of, and, uh, and therefore enabling them to do certain services and even increase the services of the T-Hot.
1: So our, our next question comes from the Wincanton Town Twitter feed, and they ask, can, can we get an email stating the position of each club uh, within both leagues of the Toolstation Station League um, uh, to their mindset regarding Covid? Are they happy to play in Tier Three? Not happy to travel to Tier Three, etc. So we can try and plan in advance and see what fixtures are likely to go ahead as planned.
0: It's sort of a a double-edged question there because he wants the um, the position of each club from both leagues, but then he's talking about he wants to know what fixtures are likely to go ahead from his club's position or from a supporter's position, not sure. Um, But the simple answer is, it's a continually changing picture. So I am about to release the January fixtures, um, which are based on, one, the um, existing fixtures that everybody knows and can see that have been amended to take into account of the preferences of each individual club. Once they're released, then people will be able to see. And the problem is that as soon as I release them, I know a club's going to come in and go, oh, we've changed our mind, we're not going to do this, or we're not going to do that. And I have to abide by that, because um, that's the the way that I've been told to do the job, is to accept the club's positions.
1: So actually, the league has already done... Um, what's being suggested here in terms of contacting... Yes, I've 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 been working on it for
0: a good good couple of weeks now during the uh, lockdown and since we've started again on the 19th. Um, But again, I had it all in place, was about to release it. (laughs) Then we got the new tiers and um, people changed their opinion over the weekend. So I've had to stop and redo that work that I'd done. So you can see that by just issuing them... To issuing some of uh, the club's opinion, to you know whether I put it on the website or whether I list it by email, uh, it doesn't achieve anything because it's going to change yeah. so rapidly.
1: Yes, I mean, if, to be fair, George, if the if the Prime Minister can change his position on Christmas, then I think football clubs can change yeah. their position <laughs> on whether yeah, they yeah. want to play matches. Our next question comes from David, uh, a Warminster Town fan. Uh, In view view of the FA's intention to change step five, could the league speak to the county FA's to ask them to abandon county cups? It would be ridiculous for Wiltshire clubs to be denied promotion because they are having to play cup matches on Saturdays and playing more games midweek.
0: So the simple answer is yes. I've already done this. Um, Specifically with Wiltshire, And they've acknowledged that they're aware of the club's positions. However, they have a requirement to stage the County Cup because of their sponsorship, et cetera, et cetera. And so I understand that. But what they did say is that individual clubs can approach them. And that's something that I can certainly advise, in this case, Warminster, how they could word a response to Wiltshire with regards to that requirement. And, you know, the, the, some counties have uh, postponed their county cups, others haven't. And again, we have no authority, no sway whatsoever on the county FAs. I can only ask, which I did on this occasion, and I can only feedback that response.
1: Our, uh, our next question comes from Dom, a Bridport fan. Um, Would the league look at loading more midweek games in the first quarter of the season, under normal season circumstances, of course, as even this weekend, that's the weekend that's just gone, the wet weather once again caused havoc uh, with the fixtures, and looking at the weather, many Boxing Day games could also be off as well?
0: If I look at the fixtures, I mean, we started um, obviously late in September, but we, in the Premier Division, we virtually had complete programme right the way through September midweeks and I would say 50% of the October midweeks. On the one hand, we have the people who say, oh, why don't we play more in, in the early part of the season? And then I've got clubs who don't want to move fixtures because they say, well, if I take that away from a Saturday, that's a good earner for us we'll get a good crowd. But if we play that midweek in September, we won't get anywhere near as many through the gate. So it's playing one against the other. I'm very much aware. But at the end of the day, the Toolstation Western League is a Saturday league. And if we do, let's say, for instance, in the first quarter, which would say, you know, if we say even for August and September, if we put eight or ten matches in August, September, October, that only leaves us with um, 38 games to play. Sorry, 28 games to play. And then that means you're going to have blank Saturdays. And clubs will then be asking, why are we not playing on a Saturday? You know, and I already get that because we've got the 21 club situation in the Premier League. And um, it's just. You know, so one club doesn't play on a Saturday because of the 21 clubs. And I get questions all the time from supporters and club members. Well, why aren't we playing on that Saturday? Why can't you get us a game? And I go, well, because there are only you know, there's 21 clubs, somebody has to miss out. And so, yeah, we're very aware that we, we try and play as many as we can early doors. If... Um, I, I could certainly sit down and show him a picture because uh, it's a very convoluted system to try and get it front-loaded, but it's something that we we will do. But um, also, if clubs are saying, oh, you know, the, the weather, um, we're having to postpone, you know, um, there are some clubs that don't postpone. And why is that? You know, it, it's how... What are you doing to try and ensure that your club can play in the worst weather? You know, it's, a double, you know, again, can we do more to help each other? You know, the, the support there to do improvements on pitch conditions. And this is something that we can do to help clubs. And I think that's important as well as just moving the fixtures forward in August and September.
1: Yeah, I, I imagine that one of the most important pieces of equipment in your in your fixture secretary role is a crystal ball. <laughs> um, yes. One final one final question, and this is from Shauna Odd Down. Um, with the latest news of a, of a of a new strain of COVID, should we really be continuing to play football at this time?
0: Okay, right. Um, we we have said all the way along this; uh, it's not mandatory. We're supporting clubs that want to play football. As a fixture secretary, I'll do what the league committee tell me and the league committee are being driven by the clubs. As a COVID officer and personally, yes, there is a new strain, but the new strain is, I think it's more transferable. It's not more dangerous. So that situation doesn't change. And I have to say that... As a club, if you've got your risk assessment correct and you've got the protocols in place, there's very, very little risk associated with playing a football. And you're aware, just like some of the spectators, that we did have to postpone fixtures prior to the second lockdown because we had an outbreak or a situation at a club of COVID. But that occurred because the protocols were not followed and where protocols are followed. And we've got numerous examples where teams have played a team that ended up with a COVID situation, but because they followed the protocols, we allowed that second team to carry on playing without any risk to them or the next team that they played. So yes, you've got to have concerns, you know, um, but, people want to play football and we can do it safely, then why shouldn't we?
1: And my thanks to George for his time. Yeah, I may be tempting fate here, Tom, but um, of course it is traditional for us to look ahead at the fixtures that are coming up. On this occasion, it's going to be uh, Boxing Day. Um, now, frankly, everything's subject to change at the moment, um, You know, whether it's COVID or the weather. Mm-hmm. So really, a- any fan looking to go to a game on Boxing Day really does need to check... Particularly on social media, but you know all other channels to make sure that that the matches are are, are taking place. But if we uh, if we look in the Premier Division, then I think that the um, uh, that the Wiltshire Derby between uh, Westbury United and Bradford Town always hotly contested. Um, certainly, that's um, one of the more eye-catching uh, matches um, from the from the Premier Division. But um, I suppose the real value is in our highly competitive First Division. Sure. Tom, what game takes your fancy there?
2: Yeah, a few more to, to pick from, I think. So, well, looking at the fixtures a few days out, obviously, as you say, subject to change. But, yeah, Bishop Sutton, I think, just, um, yeah, obviously looked at their 6-1 win uh, on the on the weekend. Um, yeah, if they can show any of that sort of form um, over, over the next couple of weeks, when hopefully we've got got a few matches to, to, to fit in. Um, yeah, a home game for them against Wales, who obviously you mentioned one of the big hitters. Um, but they sit level on points with them. Uh, both played 10 matches. Um, so if yeah, Bishop Sutton, yeah, if they can sort of you know beat beat one of the sides that we, we fancy to be higher up, uh, yeah, then that would that would really be a, 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 an excellent statement for them. So uh, Bishop Sutton at home to Wales, kind of looking forward to seeing how that one goes. Well, if my wife lets me out the house, then
1: I'll <laughs> be I'll be going to Devizes Town against Carn Town, and and I mean I may be tempting fate here, but you know after Saturday's performance, we should have no fear going into that game. I mean, I wouldn't have said that to you after I did that commentary with Roland Millwood. Um, at Warminster a few weeks back, um, but um, but I should be looking forward to that. Um, but the guy, I can't do this segment of the of the podcast without picking out one game in particular. Mm. It is the Coalfield Classico. Mm-hmm. It is the leaders of the First Division, Welton Rovers, taking on their local rivals, Radstock Town, reborn under Ryan Child. Um, I mean, great to see these two sides going um well i mean it's bit as we've said you know well, we all know that it's stop start this season and of course you know that's that could prove to be a great leveler in this fixture. I mean i've been fortunate enough to to have attended a game um this season at Welton uh, Rovers and i have to say and i've i've had this it's been said to me as well um by other people in the western league that the covid compliance at, at Welton Rovers is second to none you know they they've done an absolutely fantastic job of making west Clues safe hopefully they get a good crowd we want everybody to be responsible but i mean historically this 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 fixture has attracted a monster crowd. Um, Hopefully they get a good crowd. Everybody behaves themselves. Everybody has a good time, um, but they'll be guaranteed to be treated to an absolute feast of football if this game gets on. If it can beat the weather, if it can beat the coronavirus, you couldn't beat any other fixture other than Welton Rovers against Redstock Town on a boxing day. There you go. That's it for me. That's my big finish. Um, Tom, it's been great to have you back on the Western League podcast. We've been enjoying your bulletin as... um, Mm -hmm. As we, as we, of course, normally do under the, the old normal, um, the new normal, not so much. But um, um, for any um, um, for any listeners who, um, who, who
2: who've missed it, who haven't <laughs> seen it, and um, where can they find it? So yeah, that is on the uh, official website. Uh, it's in the the latest sort of news section, or also uh, halfway down the the homepage. You should be able to find the yeah the most recent one. Obviously not as not as full as we hope. Not not a full bevy of games last weekend, but yeah, uh, good to good to have something to to. To scribble about, and uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully more games to look forward to in the next few weeks, and we can, yeah, have a few more. Right well then, Tom, that's um that's us done for
1: uh, for another episode. It's been great to have you back. Merry Christmas to you, Tom, and yourself, um, and yourself, and to all the listeners, of course, um, on uh, on this festive edition of the Tool Station Western League podcast.